When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Off the Hook. Airing on offthehooksports.com. Your home for real news, real opinions, and what really matters about Tennessee athletics. The Off the Hook podcast at offthehooksports.com or Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, or wherever you go for your favorite podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, iHeart. Like, share, follow, subscribe. Off the Hook with Dave Hooker starts now. A special edition brought to you by Azul Beer. Go to azulbeer.com. Great panoramic views right there downtown. Great place to hang out. Great beer as well. Josh Ward joining us and joins us each week brought to you by Azul Beer. I remind you to like and subscribe. We certainly appreciate that. And we bring you more Tennessee content. Always at YouTube, we have sneak peeks like now. So it's actually Sunday evening when Josh and I are streaming and recording this, you may be watching it through the week. So you never know what you're going to get. Josh on a Sunday, he's an absolute champion working on a Sunday. I appreciate you, sir. Happy to do it. Uh, Tennessee doesn't take off on Sundays, especially this Sunday. <laughs> how many, how many years did you and I call 16 prospects uh, in a given day and work from noon to midnight on a Sunday? Yeah, Sundays were typically the, <laughs> the the days where you were logging extra hours for sure. And, uh, you know, some days they would not pay off for Tennessee. Today is one of those days where it did. And, you know, Tennessee's coaches, they're here in uh, the early part of July. They're trying to find a break, I promise, before they have to really get going with fall camp. And they've had so much going on in recruiting with prospects visiting. Now it's a dead period. But, Dave, I, I promise that Tennessee's coaches – are happy to put in a little work on this Sunday because I think it paid off. Yeah, I think it did. And let's start in reverse order. We're going to get to Shindavion Bradley and his commitment, a five-star guy according to the composite, four-star according to 24-7. I'll let them work that out. But let's start with Jalen Smith, the three-star linebacker. And I think he is one of those uh, players that is a transitional uh, piece that um, – you know, Tennessee has to continue to take. You're not going to get all war daddies, but Tennessee was able to get a commitment from Jalen Smith over Texas, Pitt, and Virginia. Uh, the 18th verbal edition of the 2023 class. What are your thoughts on the pickup of Jalen Smith? Yeah, I think he's a good athlete at linebacker. He's a guy that can run at that position, needs to get bigger. If you look at his size, he will definitely need to add some in college, but he's probably 
a little underrated from what his potential is. And I think his offer list is more impressive than what his ranking is going to be. Doesn't mean he could have gone anywhere in the country, but he's at Grayson High School in Loganville. That's a school that produces a ton of talent. Tennessee's recruited there in the past, and he competes against really good competition. And Tennessee needs help at linebacker, and Tennessee needs more speed, and I think Jalen Smith is going to provide that. So we'll see how quickly he can help Tennessee at that position, but I think this is one where Tennessee did a really good job early on of establishing a relationship and building from there. So as other schools called and he, he took several official visits, he did check out other schools. Tennessee has been the clear-cut leader for a while. That says something about the relationship Tennessee built and how Tennessee should be able to hold on to him because I think other schools schools could still call. But he's a good, he's a good athlete and will get bigger. And when he does, should be able, be able to help Tennessee at linebacker because if we went through the, the position groups where – Okay, where, where are we concerned about depth? Linebackers can be pretty high on the list, so getting somebody like Jalen was important. You bring up a really good point, given your background in recruiting. A guy can be a three-star and go to a four-star if he plays the game. Uh, Jalen Smith didn't play the game, didn't feel the need to. I, I you know, he he very well could be a high three-star, four-star if he went to all the camps, if he flirted with all the schools. That can't affect your ranking, unfortunately. Yeah, there are several reasons that go in. Look at the schools that are interested. Tennessee made him a higher priority at linebacker. You probably like that as well because think about putting resources into a player. Well, Tennessee did with Jalen, and it's paid off with him committing. But uh, yeah, on, on my radio show on the Sports Animal last week, we had Cam Sutton on, and he would be an example. He is, he's the guy that I think is most often brought up, at least recently, of three-star guys that were really better than being a three-star. He started right away. He had schools like... Auburn that was trying to steal him away from Tennessee late Florida Clemson were some of his finalists but he didn't go to all the camps and he played other sports and and I think that affected his ability to climb up in the rankings but he was definitely better than he was rated I'm not saying Jalen Smith is going to come in and play right away I'm not saying he's going to be playing in the NFL for five to ten years but that's an example of sometimes why players don't get ranked higher than maybe they should and Jalen Smith's offer list say that maybe he should be ranked high. Rivals has him as a four, so he's not a three-star across the board. So he would be probably one of those higher-ranked three-star guys. And keep that in mind. Not all three-stars are uh, ranked the same. Not all four-stars are ranked the same. So I I think Jalen Smith would be a higher-end three-star. Yeah, I agree. I think we go by probably the composite ranking because it's the easier one, and it it puts them all together. When you talk, it's going to be another. Honestly confusing to try to keep up with if if you want to. So. Uh, some fans, if you just want to go with which one has the highest, like, you get a four star. So you want to call him that? That's fine. Like uh, with with Bradley, who we'll get to individually. I don't think any of the sites have him as a five star, but they're also not done with the rankings. But the composite has him as a five. So if you're a Tennessee fan, you're well within your right to say five star. Yes, he is. And then if Alabama picks up a four star, you can really call him a two star. <laughs> <laughs> he's just a yeah. He's just if you want to lie to yourself in that case, sure. Yes, he's just a slug. <laughs> they picked up off the street. Uh, Cedric Tillman would be another good example of a guy who wasn't highly rated, who has obviously been big for Tennessee. And then, of course, everybody wants to talk about uh, Shindavion Bradley, and I certainly understand that a five star commitment. Um, Depending on who you go by, I'm going by the composite. So that would be only one of, I believe, six schools that have multiple five-star commitments, only one other SEC school, which I believe is Alabama. Josh, that's pretty strong company. I don't care which ranking service we're using. Yeah, no doubt. And 
it's hitting a big need. Everybody needs edge rushers. Everybody needs guys that can go after the quarterback, but Tennessee does especially. And in this past year's class, late in the recruiting process, the Vols were able to add Joshua Josephs and James Pierce. There's a chance one of those guys helps immediately. But now with Caleb Herring, top player in the state of Tennessee, being committed, and then Bradley committing, you have two more guys to add to the conversation, and they've recruited that side of the ball. Trevor Duncan could play on either side, but uh, a defensive line uh, prospect, at least potentially, Nathan Robinson. You have some guys up front, but they're on the edge. Bradley and Herring are going to stand out in the rankings, and I promise they stood out very high on the board of Tennessee's coaches. And I've brought that up a couple of times now, but remember that, who the coaches prioritized. Bradley was one of the guys that, that the coaches have said, hey, if we can get this guy, if we can get Caleb Herring, which I think they knew they probably would and did early in the process, that that could change this class. So uh, Bradley's a very talented player, but he's at a position where this defense just needs more edge rushers. They need more guys that can go get the quarterback because this defense will have pressure put on it by the way the offense plays. If the defense can apply pressure, take the ball away, ultimately in Josh Heupel's system, that's what's going to give Tennessee the best chance to succeed. I'm not comparing the two five stars, okay? So Nico and and Bradley, I'm, I'm not comparing them. But I will say this. I think there are a lot of quarterbacks who could step in Josh Heupel's system with the way the uh, play calls come from the sidelines. It's not like Peyton Manning's free, freeze play days. I think there are a lot of quarterbacks that could step in and have success across the country. Again, I'm not uh, – also, I'm not denying that Nico's had a positive impact on this class. However, when you look at Bradley, if if there's upside there that uh, he can be a defensive end slash linebacker that can really rush the passer, then that, that can have an impact. I look at Alabama, I see Bryce Young. I think, yeah, he won the Heisman, but Will Anderson's a better player at his position. Uh, I know that's a reach of a comparison, but I just think Tennessee is excited about Nico. They should be equally excited about Bradley. Well, I don't know if I'd say equally. Well, um, close to equally in the ballpark. How about yeah. that? Yeah. You know, I mean, you're not wrong about Bryce Young and Will Anderson. I, I think it's uh, I think it's a travesty that he was not in New York for the Heisman ceremony last year. I voted uh, for him. Vote okay, good, good. Because I think that I, I don't need to get on my tangent. People people didn't even know who he was when they were voting for the Heisman last year. So that's that's my issue with the process. Uh, but to your point, this is an offensive system at Tennessee that is built to succeed as long as you have a capable player. Not everybody is going to succeed. It, it might have worked out, but it didn't early on for Joe Milton. Hinton Hooker comes in, and you see the difference. But uh, on, on the defensive side, you can't just plug anybody in and go get the quarterback. Not possible in any system. You need players. You have to have guys that are, are built differently physically, and Bradley projects to be that kind of player. So the, the importance of getting high-level talent at the defensive end position is a must if Tennessee is going to go compete for championships. I don't know that you have to have a Nico level talent to compete for championships. So I do think Nico is special from that standpoint. And I think he's more likely to be able to come in and play right away and run the system the way Josh Heupel wants to than most quarterbacks. But to your point of the importance of getting guys on the outside defensively, Tennessee has to have them. I honestly, I, I don't care how good the offense is because I already know it's going to be really good. If you don't have enough defensive players, you don't have a chance to to succeed. What Tennessee fans are correctly going to say is, let's take both. And uh, right now you have both to add to the list. 
Yeah, I guess that's a better way of putting it. Um, I, I look at the three-star commitments. Let's go pre-Friday with Umarov's announcement. And I heard a lot of people complaining about just three-star commitments. Have you heard much of that? Well, sure. Uh, some of the jokes have been if uh, a four- or five-star guy decommits as well. I knew he wasn't going to come to Tennessee because he had four stars next to his name, you know, things like that. Um, but, <laughs> wow. Yeah, but, but part of that's just kind of the negative attitude that's always going to be there from some portion of the fan base. I think most fans, almost all Tennessee fans that I talk to, and I, I'm friends with a lot, text, text messages blow up when guys commit. They're thrilled with the way things are going with recruiting. Now, when uh, Francis Malagoa announced for Miami, there was a little bit of, uh, is that another big swing and miss by the staff? Are they going to have a letdown? Dave, maybe some of the timing was, hey, let's let's go ahead and get some announcements out there because we need to start adding to this class because there is a difference in uh, average player rating, uh, rating and your total point accumulation because you have more commitments. Obviously, the more you have right now in June or July, the better off it is for your recruiting ranking. So I would not pay attention too much to where Tennessee ranks in the class being a top five, top six school in the country right now, because it just in July doesn't mean much. But uh, to land high level players like Shondavion Bradley and to have Nico and to have Herring, uh, Cameron Selden last week, that that really does make a difference. There are some fans that are going to be cautious. I think partly because of that class a couple of years ago, the Jeremy Pruitt class that was ranked so high with, and they ranked number one, I think at one point, Dave, in the in the springtime. And then Things fell apart. I'm not saying the season will like that season did, but the class kind of did. So uh, that that ranking that fans celebrated in May and June meant nothing by the time they got to signing day. And it doesn't mean much right now uh, because other schools are going to add players. But Tennessee is in a really good position. And if Tennessee has success on the field this fall, they will have a chance to add more to this class, which is you know close to filling up on the recruiting trail. So they, they don't have a lot of space, but if they do well on the field, that can work to Tennessee's advantage because honestly, the way the game is played, you can sometimes trade guys out for others. If the opportunity is there. Supply and demand. <clears throat> I mean, it's, it's pretty simple. And the funny thing is pulling a kid's scholarship used to be like the Cardinal sin, but it's really not anymore. I mean, and it just like, a kid commits, um, he's not necessarily a commitment till he signs. I mean, that's just the world that that we live in. You don't get ostracized for pulling a, a scholarship anymore. Yeah, that, I mean, that, uh, it's just talked about more. I think it's more understood that you know, guys get offers, but that doesn't mean they can actually commit to the school. I mean, there, there are players right now that I think fans would like to see commit to Tennessee, but Tennessee's not willing to take them. And if you go to the recruiting side, it shows that they have an offer because at one point they they received a quote offer, but it wasn't a it wasn't a scholarship offer to commit to us. It was hey here's here's a scholarship offer. Want to continue to talk and evaluate? And the the players most often know, or you know sometimes they do maybe want to try to commit and they find out actually you can't. But that that's just the <laughs> way the game. That, we've yeah. seen that happen before. Yeah, so and I and I offer that up as well. Like, like Jalen Smith, his list doesn't mean that he could have gone to every school that that offered him. But he, you know, visited Texas recently. Texas is recruiting at the highest level, so that's a better indication. If a school brings a kid on to campus for an official visit, better chance at least that he's going to have a chance to go there. Tennessee right now has a better opportunity to kind of pick and choose because of how many commitments it's already taken. 
so I want to remind you, if you like Josh Ward, go ahead and like right here and subscribe. We're going to visit with Chris Landry throughout the week about some evals and some of these prospects that Tennessee has committed. So uh, looking forward to that and off the hooksports.com. And uh, again, like and subscribe. So, Josh, what's next? You mentioned there's not a lot of seats at the table. If Tennessee could just snap their fingers, is there a name that you, you think they'd most like to land? Maybe one, two, or three. Is there a position that you think they'd most like to go after? Yeah, one of these two, Lucas Simmons, who is next on the the list to announce. It looks like Florida State has held the edge here recently. Tennessee made a push here over the last couple of months, but he's an offensive lineman. Tennessee would really like to land. I say one of two because Stanton Ramil is also a guy that I think could announce this month. And if Tennessee can land one of one of those two, while well, adding Sham Umarov and then one of the the next two guys that I just mentioned, I think would really help this staff feel better about the offensive line position group. So uh, one of those two guys, get both, take them, because uh, I think the staff believes both could help Tennessee. And then uh, Nathan Laycock at wide receiver, if you can add him to Cameron Selden, I think the staff feels really good about that position group. So you know, there and then in the secondary, they're going to continue to recruit. There are a few names out there that they would like to add to the group to go along with Christian Conyer, who just committed uh, in the last week and a half or so. But uh, offensive line, at least one, another wide receiver, and then secondary for help have to be priorities. When I look at this uh, class and and how it comes together, I do think you'll have some potential for some trade-up type of guys um, in the fall, and they may decide they want to go elsewhere. But in in the end, um, I think that uh, the recruiting is going as well as it could have. I guess the only guy I would point at, and you mentioned his name, is Maui Goa. You know, if we're sitting here um, and Maui Goa is a part of this class, then you're giving it an A-plus, right? I mean, it's an A now, A-plus. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, If you go back 12 months ago, Dave, the class right now is better than I would have predicted a year ago. So I, I think Tennessee is ahead of pace. And also, a year ago, I wouldn't have known that Tennessee was going to go win seven regular season games. But I say a year ago because last year, Tennessee had a difficult time sometimes getting players to campus. And we know that they didn't do as well as they hoped to do in-state. And they, they landed some guys late, like I mentioned, Pierce and, and Josephs and Tyree West. But it's a class that just it finished okay. It's a good class, but by SEC standards, it was okay. This year's class is on pace to be much better. You know, prop, I, th- I think right now, Landing Bradley, I think Tennessee put itself in position, a really good position to be a top 10 class this year. And that that would be a, a really nice step from a year ago. So the two the two big misses that were probably most disappointing for fans would be Mauingoa and then uh, Carnell Tate, the wide receiver. But not a big surprise. And also what we talked about with the offense, don't you kind of trust the staff that they're going to be fine even without yeah. Carnell Tate? You want as much elite talent as you can get. LSU's offense was really good. A few years ago, is better because of that Justin Jefferson, who actually wasn't that big of a recruit, but he's a big-time talent first-rounder, and Jamar Chase. Same with Alabama. You start adding more first-round picks, we start adding more points to the scoreboard in college. But they get Cameron Selden, and I think you kind of trust this coaching staff and the system that Josh Heupel runs that's going to be okay. Also, Tennessee shouldn't be expected to get everyone. If they if they had Carnell Tate and they had Mowing Owen and they, they've landed everybody else, then you might have even more question marks being raised about, okay, you know, what is going on, even though it is an NIL era. So Tennessee's doing better than I think anybody could have demanded or even maybe predicted a year ago. 
No, I agree. They've got something to sell. They put something on the field ultimately that's sellable. And it's a lot easier to sell something when you have it in front of you as opposed to pre-selling it and promising. There's a good vibe around the program right now. And that yeah. like that can sound cliche-ish because I think we probably said that a year into to Jeremy Pruitt, and we said it when Butch Jones was at Tennessee at least for a few years. And and Butch Jones, by the way, is recruiting at a very high level. And and typically if you have some kind of good start to your tenure, well, the vibes are pretty good. But I do think that's real right now. When Bayless Jones, who stayed for an extra year, he flourished, and then he helped Tennessee recruit. And Alante Taylor was on campus in the last two or three weeks. He spent one year with this coaching staff, but he was on campus talking to recruits, having just been a second-round pick in the NFL draft. So that helps. When you have guys who have been a part of the program and have been a part of the change, and they tell recruits, yeah, it is different, that's going to – that's going to get them to either buy into what's being sold more or believe what maybe they've already believed from the coaching staff. When they, when they hear Alante Taylor, who doesn't play at Tennessee anymore, or Bayless Jones, who's with the Chicago Bears now, say, yeah, what, what they did is different and was good for us. It will be good for you as well. And I think it becomes more believable for the, for the recruits, the prospects that are trying to make a decision. Josh's appearance brought to you by Zool Beer. Again, go to ZulBeer.com to learn more. Great panoramic view of downtown Knoxville. We certainly appreciate that. And uh, we appreciate them being a part of Off the Hook Sports. And so if I can just get you a picture of uh, Larry Bird and Kevin McHale covering up that Jordan thing in the back, would you be willing to hang that up? Yeah, you know, it's always good because you you like to highlight the champions. But there are others that also belong in the conversation in the history of sport. So I think the Boston Celtics oh, of the eighties would right. be would be right. good. You know, they they had half as many titles, in fact, as Jordan. So that would be they did have half as many, but I don't remember Jordan Jordan having a left-handed game. He had a game six and he had the flu game, but he didn't score forty-one with his left hand. Well, if Just you think. check his left hand, he's got a ring over there to go with the five on his right. So both hands are necessary for something, aren't they, Dave? I stand corrected. He's Josh Ward. Follow him on Twitter at Josh underscore Ward. This has been a presentation of Off the Hook Sports.